0: Thank you for listening to the weekly message at First Baptist Church in Bushland, Texas. Hey, good to see each of you, and uh, as you know, last week we kicked off a new series, and uh, Not a Fan is the title of the series, and uh, I'm glad to see each of you back, since last week was a uh, pretty <laughs> pretty good affirmation of uh, fan or follower there, and I told you I loved you, so it's always good the next Sunday to see a a full house. So, uh, if you have your word, we're going to be in 6 again, John chapter 6 again, but we're going to jump to some other scripture a little bit too. Uh, you know, in every relationship, there comes that moment in that relationship where you've got to have this, uh, you just got to have this talk. You know what I mean? I mean, you can, you, you date, you go out, you enjoy her or his company. You feel something. You're wondering if they feel something. You're wondering, uh, is, is this going any further? Does he want it to go any further? Does she want it to go any further? Does she feel what I feel? Does he feel what I feel? And, and you just are kind of in limbo there. And you got to have that talk. And we all know that talk has to eventually got to come. And we call that the DTR. You, you students familiar with the DTR talk? You, you got to have that DTR talk, okay? Jed, throw that screen up there. You got to have the DTR talk with Jesus because you're in that relationship with the Lord, and, and some of you are there where you, you, you've saved, you know you're saved, you started coming to church, you love the church, you love the worship, the preacher's okay, and your kids have great stuff to do, and, but God wants more. And, and he continues to bring you to that level of that DTR talk, and, and you don't want to have it, but you got to have it. And what is that DTR talk? It is got to determine the relationship. you got to determine the relationship. you got to figure out where it is, man. Are you, are you in or are you not in? Are you, you just going to have the little fish bumper sticker or are you serious about this? Are you going to wear the shirt all the time or just when a certain crowd's looking? Are you you, you in or are you not in? In every relationship, you want to know that. And if you may be in a relationship right now or the relationship that the partner you married, y'all remember this talk, okay? And you got to have that talk. You got to have that talk that says we've got to determine the relationship. Where is it? And you got to have it. So today, Flip the next one, Jed. This is what we're going to do. Where do you stand with Jesus Christ? That's, that's the question. That's it. Because today, you've you, you got to decide before someone asks you. Okay, you can't wait. Because, you know, when you're dating this girl and, you, and your buddies on the football team come up to you and say, so, man, are y'all like, I mean, is it just you and her? Or are y'all like, oh, no, we're just, I'm, no, we're just kind of date Cool in front of them. But then, when she asks you, it's like, uh, uh, well, you know, it's just you. It's just all you, honey. It's just, it's nobody else. It's just you. Well, that's not what you told your buddies, Rutro. You're in a mess, then, dude. I mean, a big mess. You may have reverse in your car, but you can't get there quick enough. Okay, I mean, you're in a mess, and that's kind of where people are in this talk with Jesus and that determine that relationship. You know, it's, it's, it's the thing where Jesus is walking up the Via Dolorosa and they grab the dude and say, hey, man, you, I know you, you've been with Jesus. No, no, I haven't. No, I have not. No, no, I have not. I'm not with him. That's, that's my twin brother. You're, you're confusing me. You're confusing me. You see, that's where the church is today. It's where the rubber meets the road. The American church today has got to decide what the relationship is with Jesus. Not with the church, not with the coffee, not with the lattes, not whether you like the chair, not whether the temperature in the room is good, not whether they got all these great activities for your kids, not all this stuff. That's not it. Today's church has got to decide where, where it is with Jesus. Where do you stand with Jesus? Are you in or are you not in? You can't be on the fence. Jesus said, if you're lukewarm, I'll throw you up. You make me throw up if you're lukewarm. Don't make Jesus throw up. That's just rude. Okay? That's rude, man. He died for you on the cross. Please don't make him throw up. Okay? So you've got to determine where you are. Okay? Next one, Jed. Are you a fan? Are you a follower of Jesus? Don't answer too quick. Because in the church, it's real simple to real quickly say, Oh, I'm a follower. I'm a follower. There's no doubt. I got saved at this age. I, 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 I mean, my parents drugged me to church, and man, I've been in church all my life. And, and I, I even won some Bible drills when I was a kid. And I can I can quote John three sixteen, and and I always say, I'm I'm a follower. Be careful. Don't answer too quick, because for many of us, we might be alarmed to find out that we're really just fans of Jesus. That we're really just fans. You see, Leroy told me there was a house down by him yesterday afternoon it had an Oklahoma si- a flag flying and a Texas flag right under it. He went by later, and the Oklahoma's as- half staff. <laughs> that dude's a fan, man. <laughs> All right? Because either you, you are or you're not. I mean, if they get pounded, you still want to fly it. Amen? You still want to fly it high. All right? And you see that a lot. I mean, you see that... Everywhere you look, you've got to determine whether you're a fan of Jesus. You're just there for his tricks and his miracles and and all the things he does. Are you really a follower of Jesus? Because, like I said last week, the deal in John 6 is this. Jesus, all the way through this, is saying, guys, you have no idea what you're saying yes to. Because, man, today, when you say, I'm a follower, "Mm, that's a big word, dude. Next one, Jed. Here's what a fan is. Fan is defined as an enthusiastic admirer. Mm. Church full of them, man. Enthusiastic follower. Woo, man, we got back from youth camp. Boy, I'm going to take my school for Jesus. I'm going to take my water gun and shoot hell. Two weeks, man, you can't find them. Why? Because they got all jacked up. They got on their Jesus steroids. And 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 now it's gone. See, he doesn't need he doesn't need a fan. Un, unbeknownst to you, Jesus does not need you to clap for him. Do you know that? He doesn't need you to clap for him. What he needs is for you to follow him. And you will clap for him. Okay. You need to clap more than he needs your clap. Okay. Why, why do we lift our hands in worship? <laughs> because we have a lot to lift our hands for. He lifted his hands for me on a cross. least I can do is lift my hands in a nice worship center at 68 degrees. When I've had breakfast, when my bills are paid, when my kids are healthy. It's the least I could do. If he can lift his for me, I can lift mine for him. Let's look at what a uh, follower is. Changes a little bit. The word follower is defined in Luke 9 23. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. That's a, I mean, you're talking about oil and water night and day from a fan. Look at that scripture. If anyone, doesn't matter. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself. Uh-oh. <laughs> Rut row, deny myself. Unbeknownst to you, it's not about you. And that's a shocker today. That right there, you, you, if you didn't come for nothing else, you came for that, and that just blew your mind. It's not about you. It's not about you. I mean, you take up your cross daily and follow him. When you, I, I, I saved this because I just want to read it to you. Our sanctuaries today have become stadiums. The biggest threat to the church today is fans who call themselves Christians. But aren't actually interested in following Christ. They want to be close enough to Jesus to get all the benefits. But not too close that it requires anything from them. Ouch. You pass out band-Aids. That's it. That's it. That's what the church has become is like a mall. It's like a restaurant. Serve what I want. I might tip you. I might. And man, I'm telling you, Jesus in John chapter six is totally messing them up. He is separating the fan and the follower big time. I mean, big time he's messing them up. Because up to that point, it has been two, four, six, eight. Who do we appreciate? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I mean, they're just pumped, man. I mean, throw me a plastic football, and when you run out of football, throw the candy. Shoot me a T-shirt. I'll wear it. Yeah, until we're behind by 40 at halftime, and then you leave and go home. Then you leave and go home. See, in John chapter 6, the cheering, he's, he's kind of done with the cheering. Because he knows the cross is coming, and he's like, guys, I'm just going to tell you right now, you keep following me, you keep following me, and they're going to put you on the cross you better determine whether or not you want to do me a little cheer or you really want to follow me. Because if you really want to follow me, you better know what you're getting into. I want you to grab your outline. We're going to run through it real quick. If we're going to talk about being a fan or a follower, there is three questions we have got to answer. And you cannot answer these for your family. You answer them for yourself. If you're married today, your wife is not sitting by you, okay? Or your husband is not sitting by you. You're, you're all alone in a worship center, and Jesus is in there. It's just you and him. And here are the three questions. Why are you here? Why are you here? So I've never been asked that in my life. The preacher is supposed to say, I'm glad you're here. I am glad you're here. But why are you here? Why are you here? Why are you married to her or to him? Why? Why are you here? I want you to see John chapter 6 again. He asks this question to him, but he does, he asks it in a different way. I want you to keep the thought. Why am I here? What is my because? Because when I ask the question, you're like, because... Because, because, there's some because out there. But I want you to see John chapter 6. Now, we know the first part of John chapter 6 where he feeds the 5,000. Takes the loaves, takes the bread from the little boy, feeds them, la, la, Then we talked about last week, as you see in the Scripture, that he gets in, uh, he, he goes over to the other side of the lake, and the disciples realize he's gone, so they jump in boats and they go with him. And then halfway through the deal with Jesus' walk on the water, you know, he gets in the boat, and they finish it. So the next day, they wake up, and those people that he had fed with the loaves and loaves and bread, they're hungry again. A.K.A. Jesus, the meal ticket, is on the other side of the lake. Okay? And so they find some boats that have come up overnight, and they jump in them, and they go after them. And in verse 26, here's what he says to them. I tell you the truth. You're looking for me. Not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate your loaves and you had your fill. This is why you're following me. You're just a big fan right now. You're just a 2468 who do we appreciate? That's all. But I'm about to close the 2468 who do we appreciate buffet. I'm about to shut it down. It's not going to be there anymore. Okay? Because on the menu now is only Jesus. And that's it. There's nothing else on the menu. They're about to understand Job in a whole new way. The cows are going to die. His job's going away. His family's going to get killed. And his wife's going to say, curse him. He said, nope, not doing it. It's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You bow down and worship the king. No, 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 no. I know my God can. And whether he does or not, doesn't matter. I'm still not bowing down to you. He's sorting the mail big time here. So look at verse uh, 35. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and who believes in me will never be thirsty. He changed it big time here. The whole thing changed. It just messed them up big time. Because they're all about the miracles and all about the little dog and pony show that Jesus did. And he simply says, no, no, we're not doing that anymore. Because y'all are not coming after me because you love me and you want to follow me. You want the benefits. That's all you want. That's it. Because when it comes right down to it, when it could cost your life, you're going to deny me. You're You're going to deny me. I want you to look at 60. I didn't touch on 60 last week. Look at verse 60. He talks about all this a little bit more, the bread of life and all this other stuff. And then he says in verse 60, on hearing it. Many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? (laughs) Can you imagine those cats? Man, that's a hard teaching. Can you do that? I don't know if I can do that. I mean, that's that conversation. This is hard. Yes, it is hard. And then we talked about 666. We, we talked about the, that you couldn't do this. I mean, this is Scripture. John 666. I mean, 666. Look at the enemy here. He says all this to him, and then it says in, in, in verse 66, From this time, many of his disciples turned their back and no longer followed him. Why? because they were all about the all-you-can-eat meal ticket until the only thing on the menu was Jesus. They didn't want that. They didn't want that. My friends, today, the church is under attack, and it is testing. I mean, this world is testing the church big time. And when I say the church, I mean me and you. You're getting tested This world is testing us, man. I mean, the enemy is, I'm telling you, he is messing with more things than you can ever imagine. And you're caught right in the middle of it, okay? As Christians, it's time for us to stand up and not just have a t-shirt for Jesus or a bumper sticker for Jesus or a cheer for Jesus, but you better, better be a follower of Christ. And when you say you're a follower, understand something. When I say those words and I live that life, it might cost me mine. And you got to be willing to do it. you got to be willing to do it. You know why they went home? Because Jesus said, we're about to have a DTR talk. That's why they went home. About to have a DTR talk. Jesus said, no more all-you-can-eat buffet. We're going to talk about our relationship. Here it is. I love you, died for you. I want a relationship with you, but I want to go deeper. I want to take you deeper in that relationship. Well, I don't know if I'm ready for that. Why not? Well, might cost me my friends. People may look at me as a freak. I don't know if I can do it. Jesus said, I want to go deeper with you. I mean, I'm looking at a crowd of people and I'm telling you, there's a bunch of you that he is absolutely saying to you, you've been following me, but you really haven't been following me. I want to go deeper with you. Do you want to go deeper with me? Do you? How long have you been at the same spot? How long? How many times have you sat in worship and you heard this and felt this yearning, this yearning deep in your gut to go deeper with him, to do more for him? And you passed it off. And you said, "Oh man, I got to get to lunch quick." He wants to go deeper. Do you want to go with him? Look at second thing. I really am going to go fast. Are you all in? Not just why are you here, but but are you all in? Being a follower of Jesus requires complete commitment. They're absolute loyal. They're absolutely loyal. Completely committed. We have a thing when we follow Jesus, it's called preferred, I prefer selective commitment, please. We have this committed people, and then we have this selected committed. I mean, I'm committed, but I want to select those things that I want to commit to. I want to pick and choose. Now, if you stay on your side, Jesus, I'll stay on my side. You don't be messing with me, I won't be messing with you. We got this deal. We got this pack, man. Remember, we, you, you and I, we're buddies. You're the man upstairs. And so here's the deal. I do my thing, and then you do your thing. I get my time, and then you get your time. And you don't be meddling with me, and I won't be meddling with you. Deal? Really? That's the cross? That's what he went for? He did that so y'all could have this agreement? Your terms? I'll pick and choose. I'll follow you, but, but don't be messing with me. Had a guy one time, he called me on my cell phone, and he said, Hey, I've been meaning to talk to you. Really? Yeah, you notice we hadn't been there in a while? I've noticed that. Mm -hmm. You know why? I don't know why. I've missed you, though. I don't come anymore because uh, every time I come to church, it's like you're picking on me. I said, you know, you just gave me the greatest compliment you could ever give me. And I mean, I I know I messed him up because there was a lot of silence. And I said, you really, really have given me the greatest compliment you can give me. Because I... Contrary to your belief, I don't sit around and think about you during the week and how to preach to you, okay? I, I get along with the Father. I try to hear from Him and what He has for my church, what He wants to say to my church, to His church. And then I try to obediently do that each Sunday as the Holy Spirit leads And so if it feels like that I'm always picking on you, it's not really me. It's called the Holy Spirit. And you're going to have to take that up with Jesus because that's really not on me. And he said, well, that's probably true, but I'm going to have to decide whether or not I'm going to come back. (laughs) Sorry, hung up. I'm thinking, you're going to have to decide if you're going to come back. Dude, you need a DTR talk to Jesus because he <laughs> didn't get to the side on the cross in the garden of Gethsemane. He said, "Father, is there any way this cup can pass from me?" Meaning, is there any way that they can still receive me without me going to that cross? Is there any way they can be born again without me dying? Is there any way they can receive heaven? Without me dying. Is there any way they can be resurrected in a new life without me dying? And God said, No. You have to be obedient, my son. And he was. Folks, we cannot determine the relationship on our levels, it's not us. We can't pick and choose. I'll follow Jesus in the parts I agree with. No. No. It's not, I will tithe what I want to tithe, and that's none of his business. Then don't call it a tithe. He, I, I'll do this, and I'll do this, but but don't do this. You, it's not your life. I mean, can you please understand the fact that it's not your life? And so for you in a dead man's suit to tell God what you're going to do, It's just weird. It's not your life. When he knocked on my heart when I was a sophomore in college and said, you're going to be in ministry, and I'm going, there is no way I'm going to be in ministry. As you can see, I'm in ministry, okay? (laughs) Because you do not win those things with him. You don't. He says, my call is irrevocable. Meaning you can run your little naked self all over this world, but I'm going to catch you. You, you, I'm going to catch you. And if he is your God and he died for you and you have a relationship with the king, he is king, not you. He's not going to share the throne. He doesn't take a day off and exalt you. It's all about him. And my friends, you've got to bow your stiff-headed, I mean, your arrogant, cocky, proud, haughty self down to the king and say, you tell me what to do, and I'll do it. And I don't even care if it's tough. And I don't care if it costs me my friends. And I don't even care if it costs me my marriage. But as far as my house, we will serve the Lord. And my friends, you have got to, as a person, begin to follow Jesus that way. If you're waiting for approval and a bunch of clapping, you may not get it. You've got to determine the relationship and where you stand with Jesus. Man, he told them, guys, if you keep following me, I'm going to tell you right now, if you keep following me, you're going to be on a cross next to me. You are. You are. And they began to drop off. Why? Because they counted the cost. They wasn't sure it was they could do it. Friends, we got to determine that we are going to be all in. If you're not all in, you're not in. It's not about us to pick and choose. Last thing is this: you have, you, have you made it your own? Mm. Have you made it your own? You have to make your faith your own. Many of us end up in church because our parents brought us to church. And some say they drug us to church, okay? Some will say, I've been in church all my life. However you got here, you're here. But my friends, that the DTR talk is not a DTR talk about your church. It's about the relationships. You don't have a relationship with the church, okay? See, so there are going to be, I was going to say, there's going to be some days. There are going to be many days you don't like me, okay? I just hope you continue to love me, okay? But there are going to be some days you don't like me. And can I just break some news to you? There will be some days I don't like you, okay? So, so just go ahead and understand that going in, okay? I, but in the bottom line, I'm committed to you as your pastor. I will fight for you. I promise you. And if you're going to jump the ship, that's fine. But I'm going to try to keep you in the boat. But if you still choose to jump the ship, that's fine. But you'll have to do it walking right through me and my love for you. Because I know I love you. And just as Jesus laid his life down for you, I would too, man. I would. I love you. But here's the deal. You've got to make this thing called Jesus your own. You see students over here sitting here. Many of them are staring at college in about six or seven months. Up to this point, hadn't been real tough. Some of them have been stretched a little bit, but not all of them. But students, I'm going to tell you, if you're a senior here, in about six or seven months, the rubber mm, is about to hit some serious pavement. And my prayer for you is that you do live a skid mark. I used to do a thing with my seniors. I took four Sundays in June after they graduated. I called it transferable faith. It's when mommy and daddy's Jesus becomes your Jesus. Let me tell you, all of you looking at me as an adult, you know that. There's been a time, boy, that my parents tithe. That, may, that was part of my tithe. Uh-oh. Now I got a tithe. Well, I don't want a tithe. I'll tell you what, I know it's 10%, but you're just going to have to settle with five. That's all I got right now. No, no selective commitment. You just got to be a time when Jesus becomes your Jesus. Here's what happens. There's got to be a time in your life where God comes through for you and it changes the ballgame. When you step, and he produces a step. And all of a sudden, that God that you worshipped, that was this big, becomes this big. And you can't contain yourself anymore. Is the faith that you call your faith today, is it your mom and daddy's faith, or is it your faith? Is it your spouse's faith, or is it really your faith? Is it your family's faith, or is it your faith? Dad, is it your faith, or are you still milking off your wife's faith? Can't do that, man. You can't lead your family with your wife's faith. You've got to lead your family with your faith. He's got to become you. It's all about him. There must be a time in your life where it becomes about you and Jesus. You and Jesus. No more about anybody else. Not my friends, not my family, not this or that. It's just about you and Jesus. You've got to have that talk, and you've got to have that kind of faith. It's all about you and Jesus. You've got to understand you have to make it your own. And if you'll look at this chapter again, all through here, we looked at 26, 35, looked at 60, looked at 66. Why do we look at 66? Because at that point, Jesus said, here's the deal. You've got to make it your own. Here's what it is. Are you going to go any further? My friends... You're either a fan or you're a follower. A fan is an enthusiastic admirer. Woo! And a follower says, I'm enthusiastic, but I'm in it. I'm in it. I will not deny him. This is who he is. I'm all in. It's my faith. It's my Jesus. i, I, I I'm in. I'm not not doing something because somebody's wanting me to do it. I've already crossed the line. And my friends, here's the deal. When you cross the line, you can't go back. You can't go back. So today, I want to simply ask you a real simple question. Are you a fan of the Jesus show? Are you a follower of Jesus? Are you in it for all the... Stuff, are you really in it for him? If they came in here with machine guns, and they wouldn't let us out of here. And they said, if you're with Jesus, prepare to die. If you're with Jesus, you stand up. If you're not, you stay seated. All you that stay seated will be given life. You'll be protected. How many of you in the comfort of this worship center are going to stand up? You know, if you stand up, you're going to die. They're going to shoot you right in front of your wife and kids or your husband and kids. You standing up? You say, well, that doesn't happen in America. Yet. Yet. Yet, it's happening all over this world, man. It's happening right now in China. I'm telling you right now, they'll watch you go into those underground churches, and they're going to go down in there. And if you're down there reading the Bible, you're not coming out alive. You're not coming out alive. And so before they walk down in there, they know that. They might not walk out. They're walking two hours in Africa going to go into a tent outside in the heat to worship the Lord. At any time, they can drive by in those Jeeps and absolutely annihilate the whole place. At any time. And they're not in there worshiping quietly. They're in there raising that tent with worship, man. I'm telling you, they're singing loud. And every time they sing loud, it could cost their life. Every time i telling you, folks, you have to decide if you're a fan of Jesus or you're a follower of Jesus. And folks, not to decide is to decide. We pray with you. Father, this morning, it's not easy message today. It's a lot easier to be a fan. It's just a whole lot easier. Safer. Doesn't cost you anything. It's just real safe to be a fan. God, you didn't call us to be fans. You called us to be a follower of Christ. You called us to take up our cross daily. And follow you. But in order to do that, we must deny ourselves and surrender. you got to surrender. Damn. Father, many of us have just not crossed that line. We haven't surrendered anything. We're still calling the shots, man. We're still bossing Jesus. God, I pray you break our hearts if that's us today. If we're still telling you what to do, God, I pray you break our hearts. Break us. God, I pray you'd raise the church up. Not just a bunch of fans, but a bunch of followers. God, during this invitation time, I pray you move us, Father, from fan to follower. For some of us, it can't be right where we're at anymore. We need to come to the front, and we need to bow our knees at this altar. And we need to lay our lives down and surrender all. Seriously, surrender all. To so God, you move us today. If there's a family looking for a church home, God, I pray you lead them here today. But more importantly, God, I pray during this invitation time that you and you alone speak and that we hear you, and that we are obedient. We love you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.